Well, good morning. Welcome back to our new series after the summer break, our new series in the I Am Sayings of Jesus. I don't know if you've come across those before, but they're rooted, like Sammy started us off, rooted all the way back in the Old Testament in that weird story where Moses, the shepherd Moses, is out in the wilderness and he sees a bush burning, but it's not burned up. And so he gets closer to take a, a look and, and finds that God comes close to him and introduces himself with this weird name, I am who I am. Doesn't introduce himself as like Joe or Jim or as anything like that. Introduces himself with this name that kind of shows that there's nothing behind him, that he is who he is, that he's life in himself. You can't get behind this God. He is the thing that's underneath, that's at the very start. He is who he is and he's always been and always will be God. The God who knows us and comes close to us. And so we flip all the way forward to John's Gospel in the New Testament and meet Jesus. God who's come in the flesh to meet us. And then several different times in John's Gospel, in John's account of Jesus' life, he records Jesus saying, I am something. And we're supposed to remember, we're supposed to see that this is God walking into history to introduce himself to us. So what's he like? Well, today we're thinking about Jesus saying in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. What does it mean that God is bread to us? What does that mean? Well, we're going to read the story. Let me set it up. It's in John chapter 6, if you've got a Bible and you want to flick it up. And the beginning of John chapter 6 is a story all about bread. And there's thousands of people who are flocking to meet Jesus, to hear his teaching, to be healed by him, to just to see him and spend time with him. And Jesus feeds them. They're getting to the end of the day, a day full of teaching and healing and wonderful things. And they've got no food to eat out in the desert on a mountain site. Um, there's not many food shops around. There's no, I guess, trees that they could just pick a bit of fruit off and have some supper. And so Jesus turns to the disciples and says, well, you feed them, but they have no food. So a little boy turns up, remember this story, with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And Jesus gives thanks to him, uh, to the father for it, and then breaks it and feeds 5,000 men and all the other people who are with them. It's an amazing miracle. Jesus gives bread to people. And after that, Jesus is pretty worn out. So he goes for a walk. Well, the disciples go for a sail across the water and Jesus walks across that water. The strange story, at, um, kind of in the middle of chapter six. And then we get to the bit that we're gonna to read today. So Jesus has given bread in the wilderness. Jesus has walked over water as if it wasn't even there. And now people chase him down. There's a bit of a manhunt. And they come and look for Jesus and eventually they find him. And when they found him, we're going to read from 6, 28, uh, 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, this crowd of people, they ask him, Rabbi, teacher, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So you're looking for me because you want another lunch. You don't really want me, you want what I can give to you. But Jesus says, do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, they're thinking back to the story of Moses, ate the manna in the wilderness. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Do you know that story? It was after Moses meets God in the burning bush. He goes back to Egypt, where all of the people of Israel are stuck in slavery. And eventually they're led out into freedom. 
but into the desert first. Right? They have no food, they've got very little water, and so God does this series of amazing miracles where he gives them water, he gives them meat to eat, and then he gives them every day manna to eat. It's like this funny um, wafery stuff that tastes like honey that falls down from heaven with the dew in the morning and they go and collect it up and they have enough for that day and it keeps them going through the wilderness. So they're remembering back that story and saying, well, Jesus, why don't you do that kind of thing again? Do a sign so that we might believe in you. Jesus said to them, picking up from verse 32, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father in heaven who gives you the true bread from heaven. It's present tense, right? Not just back in the stories, but he's giving you something today. What is it that God gives us? Because the manna was back then in history. What's the bread now? Well, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. It's a great prayer to pray. Lord, give me bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I won't drive away. For I came down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those who he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Do you see what Jesus is saying? He's saying there's signs in this world. In this story, there is bread that God gave to you, that I gave to you, miraculously, wonderfully, just like in those old stories. But that bread is just a picture, it's just a sign, it's just an arrow pointing towards something even better pointed to me, not me, pointed to Jesus. He is the bread. I am the bread of life. Eat me, believe in me, come to me, and you'll know life like you've never quite known it before. That's really the point of this. That's what we're going to look at for the next few minutes. Um, let me ask you a question as we get into it. What is it that you're hungry for? Have you ever thought about that? Thinking of hunger as a metaphor, not just for like physical hunger, for when you're you know, it's half past 11 and you've just got half an hour or so to wait until you can legitimately have lunch. Or if it's supper time and you come home from school, you know that feeling. It's half past four, you just want snacks and our kids, if your house is anything like ours, always come into the kitchen. What can I have? What can I have? So we've moved dinner time earlier and earlier because they get hungry and they want something to eat. But what about thinking of hunger as a metaphor? What is it that you are hungry for? Well, for these people, it was a literal thing. Right? They, they were country people. This is up in the north of Israel, up in, in the place where they're farming and they're fishing and they're working hard, breaking their backs, sweating day by day just to get enough to live on. They're people who really appreciate bread and fish and simple things, who really need them and hunger for those kind of things day by day. They're the kind of people that feast days would be like the highlight of the year because they didn't live on much the rest of the year. So for them, it really was bread and fish and stuff that you could put in your, in your body. That's what they really want, that's what they're interested in. So when Jesus comes and gives them that for free, they fill up their bellies with good stuff when they didn't think that they'd get much to eat that day. That's a really beautiful thing, that's a really tasty thing, literally. It's a, something that they really want and they want to have again and again and again. And so you see, they're hungry for what they can get from Jesus 
are beginning to miss the wood for the trees. They're missing the sign, but what are you hungry for? What are the kind of things that if you have to go without them for a while, you really begin to notice it? Uh, uh, well, the answer for those things are usually like the kind of things that we would expect. Food and stuff and people, the presence of other people and pleasure, comfort, a healthy body. Kind of things that are actually really good. They're often God's gifts to us. Other people are God's gifts to us. The world is full of pleasurable stuff that God invented. And food is a good gift from God. Money and having things, being safe and being comfortable, those are all good gifts from God. But sometimes they become these things that we thirst for, that we hunger for, that we end up spending our whole lives wanting more and more and more of, and never really being satisfied with. Because as soon as we have them, well, a couple of hours later, we just want more. When that piece of chocolate is in your mouth, you're already thinking about the next thing you're going to eat. When that experience that you're having, that holiday, is only halfway done, you're already thinking about next year. When you're halfway through your main course, you're already thinking about dessert. When you're sitting down with that friend, you're already thinking, well, what's it going to be like when they're gone? And when am I going to meet them again? When am I going to have that other time, that other experience, that other thing? And see, the hungers that we have, I wonder what they are for you. They're often not really satisfied in this world. This world seems to be a place of food that spoils. Jesus points that out to them, doesn't he? You're really here. You're, you've chased me all the way around this big lake because you wanted, you saw the signs and you wanted more loaves, more fish so that you could eat. But Jesus says, don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Jesus points out the obvious thing that everything in this world seems to have a sell-by date or a use-by date. Actually, they're deleting those from a lot of boxes of cereal and biscuits and that kind of thing and um, encouraging us to just smell and look and taste and if it seems okay to eat it. But you know what I mean, right? Everything has a sell-by date. Things go off. Food perishes. Bread goes stale. Tomatoes go mushy. Um, stuff, stuff that you enjoy a few years down the line, you kind of moved on from. Tastes change. Food spoils. And our bodies and lives, they seem to have a sell-by date too. Jesus says, though, all those things are supposed to point you towards something better. He says, look, don't work for the food that spoils, but there is another kind of food. There's food that endures to eternal life. There's something that you can be eating. There's something you can be taking into yourself that won't ever let you down, that won't ever lead you astray, that won't ever leave you empty or bitter or just wishing you could have more but never quite satisfying you. There's something more, there's food in this world that all of our food is supposed to point to. There's hunger in ourselves that all of our other hungers for people and for comfort, for money, for food, all of those other hungers are supposed to point to a deeper hunger that we have that can only be fulfilled in, in an eternal kind of food, in a food that won't spoil. Where do we get that? What is that? Well, it's something that the Son of Man will give you. How do you know? How do you know he's going to give it to you? How do you know you can trust him? Well, because God the Father has placed his seal of approval on him. This is the person. This is the place. This is the source of food that's going to last forever. So there's number one, right? What are you hungry for? Has it really satisfied you when you've had those hungers satisfied? When you've had those thirsts quenched? Or has it left you hungry for something else? Do you recognize that there's like a deep thirst in your heart, in your soul, for something that, that never quite seems to be satisfied by the things 
in the world around us by food or people or money or sex or power. Have you felt that deep, deep hunger? Do you know where you can get that satisfied? Okay, what are you hungry for? Two, do you know where to get that hunger satisfied? Well, Jesus knows. And he says to us, don't miss. Don't miss out on the giver because you're so focused on the gift. One writer puts it this way, what matters is not just what Jesus can do for you, but what matters is who Jesus is. He's the one, God has put a seal of approval on him. He's the one who you've got to come to, not just to get what he can give you, but to come to for himself, because he's the one who satisfies that hunger in himself. That's what he means when he says, I am the bread of life. So these people, they're missing the point, like we often miss the point. What must we do to do the work God requires, right? He said, work for food that doesn't perish. So the obvious question is, well, how do we work so we can get the food? And Jesus flips it a little bit and says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So there's not a list of things that you have to do to pay God for, for food. There's not a, something that you've got to do in order to get what God can give you. What you need to do, what God wants from you, the work of God, actually he works in you. See, it's something that God wants you to do, but it's also something that God does in you. It's a kind of a tricky thing to get your mind around, but the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. What does God want from you? Well, it's not a list of do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that. What God wants from you is to look out to him and ask him to quench that thirst, to fill that hungry hole with himself. So they ask him, well, what sign will you give us? How do we know that you can really give us this bread? And Jesus says, you're missing the point. I tr I'm telling you, wasn't Moses giving you bread? Remember, even that amazing miracle bread in the desert, even that didn't last forever. The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And what is the bread that's come down from heaven? Who is the bread that's come down from heaven? It's me, Jesus says. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying, don't miss out on the giver for the gift. God has put us in a world full of things that make us hungry and ways to satisfy those hungers. But all of those are just signposts to a deeper hunger that we have that can only be filled by knowing the one who who gave us everything in the first place. This kind of infinite hunger that we have, the thirst that's deep down that can only be filled by the infinite, a thirst that can only be quenched by, by a river of life that will never run out. And that's God himself. We're made not just for the things that he can give to us, but we're made for him. I wonder, just think of it, try to think of an example of what this might be like, but think of somebody watching the news last week if you, if you remember from last week, there was a thing called the Blue Supermoon. Do you remember that? You might have seen it on the news, read an article about it, seen it on social media or something like that. It's a beautiful moon um, that, uh, that's very, very rare. Apparently once every 10 years, you get once in a blue moon, right? Blue moon is two full moons in one month. And this was a special super blue moon. So it was huge. It was really big, really beautiful colors, much bigger than it ever looks like usually and a very rare thing to see. But imagine if instead of stepping out your front door to look at it and to see its beauty for yourself, you were just satisfied by reading articles about it, by watching news reports about it, by seeing the weatherman say, oh, look at this picture that Jimmy from Aberystwyth sent us of, of the supermoon. Imagine if you're just satisfied with that be a bit strange, wouldn't it? To miss out on that thing that's just outside your front door. If you just stepped off your sofa, out the door and looked at the moon in all of its glory, 
Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be a bit strange to just be stuck inside looking at pictures of the thing you could see with your own eyes if you wanted to? Wouldn't it be strange to just be reading recipes rather than eating the food that they talk about? You see, that's what this is about. Jesus is saying, don't be satisfied. Don't be satisfied with little signposts, with little um, reports of, of good news. What you need to do is go and find the source of those good news. Go and find that moon for yourself. Go and look at it with your own eyes. Go and see it, go and get to know him, go and taste him and eat him and drink him and know him for yourself. Don't just hear about him from a distance. Don't just gubat amdana yesi, as they say in Welsh. Don't just know about him, but ad nabat yesi. You need to know him for yourself, like you'd know a person. Step off the sofa, open the front door, Come and meet him for yourself. That's Jesus wants for the. Well, that's what Jesus wants for these people. He's right there in front of them. He was there in history, out of heaven, down to earth, as the bread, as the bread of God Himself. And the people were just satisfied with what He gave them, rather than saying, "We want you for yourself." So, what does Jesus say? Well, what does it mean to eat Him? What does it mean to take Him into yourself? He uses a couple of different metaphors here, right? He says, "I'm the bread of life. So whoever comes to me." comes to me will never go hungry so we got to come to him i am the bread of life so whoever believes in me will never be thirsty so we come to him we believe in him that was in verse 35 and then in verse 40 he says for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life so we've got to look to him and believe in him and what does that give us real life you go and get some bread what does it give you temporary life until the bread goes off, until it, until it passes out of your stomach and onwards, and you need a little bit more food. But what about Jesus? He's the one who'll fill you up thoroughly. He's the infinite who'll fill that infinite gap inside. He's the unquenchable, unending river of life who's willing to pour himself into our hearts by his spirit so that we'll never be thirsty again. That's really good news. And he, how do you get it? He gives it to you as a gift. It's something God works in you. Um, I wonder if you saw that in verse 27, that it's a gift. Don't work for the food that spoils, but come and ask him for the food that the Son of Man will give to you. What's the work that God requires? Well, it's that you trust him, that you open your arms, that you come to him and you say, Lord, I don't just want these signposts anymore. I want you. I don't just want these pictures of you. I want you for yourself. So why don't we pray and ask God to help us with that? Why don't we ask him that he'd give us an appetite for him? Why don't we ask him that when we come to find food and drink in, in Jesus himself, that he wouldn't disappoint us, but he'd fill us up and help us to be so full that we want to go and give that to other people. Lord, we thank you that you've given us hungers, that you've given us signposts in this world. We pray that you'd help us not just to stay at the signpost, but you'd help us keep on walking that road to the big city, to you, Lord, help us to see that all these little things that you've given us in the world that we desire really are little echoes of that deep desire that we have for you. We pray that you'd make us aware of that desire. We pray that you'd make us hungry. Lord, hungry for you. And as we, as we feel that hunger, Lord, help us not to be satisfied with little things that seem to fill us up for a while. Help us instead to come to you, to the great source, um, to the great loaf of bread, to the one who is not just the chief baker, but who is bread himself. Lord, help us to come to you not be satisfied with little pictures, with little scraps of rumours about you. Help us to come and see you and know you for ourselves. 
Lord, as we do that, we ask that you would fill us up. We ask that you wouldn't disappoint, that you would quench our thirst, that you would fill our hunger, that we would be so nourished by you. Lord, we want to go and share you with others. That's what we want our lives to be. Lives that are healthy, lives that are full, lives that are full of you, that we might go and offer you to others. And um, Lord, that's what you made us for. So we pray that you would help us to do what you've called us to do, that you would, as we come to you, you wouldn't drive us away. But Lord, you promised to welcome us. So we pray as we recognise these hungers, Lord, as we come to find them um, quenched and filled up and satisfied in you, Lord, we ask that you would do that as you promised to do and help us to find everything we need at your feet and at your table, we pray. Amen. Amen.